0: Hi, welcome to this edition, a special Valentine's Day edition of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I am Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance.
1: I'm Christina Katane, and I write in multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction.
0: And uh, do we have Rhonda to introduce herself? Oh, I'm Rhonda.
2: <laughs> I'm and happy I va- to be here. <laughs> and I vacation in Florida, so Jen's going to make fun of me while I'm not here.
0: <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, I feel bad for her because I did take a peek today at the Flint, Michigan zero degree weather. As I was letting my dogs out in the 69 degrees and sunshine, I was feeling really bad for you all up there in Michigan, I got to yeah, say. Yeah, so
2: I have to start my vehicle up like 10, 15, 20 minutes before ready to go for take the girls to school. And it was like glass breaking. It <gasps> was so cold that just what little moisture was on the vehicle. It didn't snow, I don't think, or anything. and didn't rain for sure. Like it was like... <sighs> As I'm opening my door, <laughs> it was just like, oh my word. So I wouldn't have had to open all the doors because my little, my little skinny little girls would not have been able to, they have no muscle. They would not have been able to open up the door. <laughs> it well, I cold. have to say,
0: yeah. And and I have to say, I do really appreciate the, the majesty of a beautiful cold winter, something like a sheet of ice. Like mm-hmm. all of that is really cool that God created as well as the sunshine and the the green grass and trees. Okay. So, um,
2: Right. There's a chat going on. The first, no, I see, yeah. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's address this right now. Why do I get the feeling Jen was responsible for the topic this week? Uh, hi, Robin. LOL. I know, right? <laughs> I can't do it with the British. Hello. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so good at that, right? Well, know, um,
0: right? here's the thing. It really kind of wasn't Jen. It was sort of me only because I was like, oh, I thought all it was right, me. we'll get well, we'll get into it a little bit more when the quote unquote gloves come off. But um, <laughs> what we're gonna do is a special what's up segment. We are going to talk about Valentine's Day gifts. And just because uh, for fun, we're going to talk about what most women would like for Valentine's Day versus what we would like for Valentine's Day. And um, after conversation with my husband, I changed the thing I was going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say most women like to be taken out for dinner. I like to get new equipment for making dinner. Do you know what my husband did? Okay, now, okay, so yes, Jen. Background, right? Background. Okay, so but but it's it's not what you think, Jen. Okay, so here's the thing. I have this uh, griddle, okay, to make a grilled cheese. You know what a griddle is? It's a handle pan that's flat, right? And it has a very small lip around the edge. And specifically, people use it for making flapjacks, pancakes, whatever you call them, and grilled cheese. Well, mine was so warped for whatever reason, maybe somebody rinsed it off when it was hot under cold water, that it would noticeably rock On my stovetop when I was trying to like make a grilled cheese or something. So like when my husband saw that, he was just kind of like, what's the matter with your pan? It's like, I'm just like, oh, it's fine. It still works, whatever. Well, he replaced it for me without even saying a word. I came home and suddenly I have a pan that sits flat on the stove. Now that might just seem like a nothing thing or, oh, you're helping her do her domestic duties. But to me, it was Seeing that I was struggling and just going the extra mile to just replace that without even being asked, I thought that was so sweet. And that to me is a whole lot better than a meal out that is one and done and we're done. And that's celebrating me. Now all year round, I'll remember his love for me.
2: So what's your uh, Valentine? Uh, what's up, Jennifer? All right, first of all, let's talk about some chat going on just really quick. So um, Maria says, that's not how I sound. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> I'm sure. Wow. Well, I'm so surprised. <laughs> so yeah, that my... was the
2: wrong part of England. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so let's just say that I wasn't really trying to mimic you. That's the only, that's the closest thing I can get to a British accent. I am not an actress and I am really bad at it. And I know it. I know that I'm bad at accents. I have a friend actually, who was an actress can do any accent. She's just amazing. And, um, to annoy her. I used to try to do a British accent. So I was just trying to be funny.
0: Yeah. Speaking of annoying people with a British accent, I remember this one guy being like, can you do a British accent? And so I did. I won't do one to embarrass myself here. But then he's like, no, I'm not talking about people pretending to be British. I'm talking about like a real British person. And I was just like, first of all, who are you? And do you even know a real British person? And second of all, I don't even know. But he was like, I do not obviously do a good one. If that's
1: and the, the accents are so different depending on where right. you are in England. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, us up in Michigan and somebody down in Alabama would have a different accent. Right. Or right.
0: Texas or whatever. Yeah.
1: So you
2: would right. have to be more specific. What kind of British accent are you looking for? What else right. are we missing in the chat, Jen? Anything um, relevant? They're all talking about how bad my um. <laughs> my accent is. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone is, not not everyone is near London. Things. I get it. The only thing I know is like, I guess it's like a Cockney accent. Like, it's a little wet in here. Like, it's, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's bad. I'm not actually trying to pretend like I know it's (laughs) good. I don't. It's not good. That's what Um, makes it so funny. Sage Gordon say that yes, very nice
0: husband. Yes. Yes. Robin. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. What did Sage say? She said similar. She said, Oh, how sweet. What a good husband. He is. He is. He's great. So um, what is your uh Jennifer? Your special Valentine's Day. What's up? What is yours?
2: All right. So we discussed that we were gonna talk about what would be the ideal Valentine's present for us as individuals. And then I feel bad because my I woke up this morning, my husband had bought flowers. So (laughs) my husband leaves at 4 30 in the morning. Morning. So he bought flowers yesterday and Aww. had to hide them somewhere. I don't know where. And I wish I brought my card over here because he did it at 430 in the morning. I'm not sure who Jem is, but he, <laughs> he did it in cursive and he wrote the card Aww, to Jem. But I don't so want to cute. tease him because it was very nice to buy flowers for me because he never does. So hopefully he doesn't Aww. listen to this. I, I, hopefully, so sweet. Hopefully he doesn't have a girlfriend named Jem and get our, our <laughs> kids reviews. I don't know. Um <laughs> If you were gonna Aww. have a girlfriend, though, that would be a
1: good idea. That'd, That'd be make, a very so they good idea. The same name.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be in, right. Yeah. But what we were discussing before was if I were to pick my ideal Valentine's present, I had seen, you know how your ads in in Instagram will they they look at what your search history there was something. Yeah, month, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: got an advertisement for this like box. You could order this like the ultimate post-it note lovers box. And it was amazing. It was a big box <laughs> full of everything post-it notes. And I was so excited. I clicked on it. It was like $100. Like, no way am I going to spend $100 on post-it notes. But, like, then I started thinking about that. Like, yeah, like, that would be a great Valentine's present. That would show right. somebody that they knew me. Uh-huh. Like, if they, if they gave me post-it notes and maybe highlighters. For the colors.
0: plotter in your yes. life. <laughs>
2: yes, for the plotter in your life. I would be like, oh, you you see me. You yes,
0: see me. Yes, yes, so, that's
2: hilarious. Forget uh-huh. chocolate. Forget, like, well, the flowers are beautiful. So thank you, honey. But, um, yeah, that was what I was going to say was not my ideal present was post-it. Hilarious.
0: Note. What about you, Tina? I know that you have a nice, non-traditional Valentine's Day type gift that you would prefer. Well, to the in, a perfect,
1: yeah, in a perfect world, I would have a live-in maid. <laughs> but <laughs> not really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, That's not going to happen. Yeah, so, you
0: should have heard the discussion we had about like, oh, is that maid named Rosie? No, that's the robot on the Jetsons. Oh, is that maid named Florence? No, that was the Jeffersons. You were trying to remember like Alice from the Brady Bunch, right? Wasn't that what you're trying to remember? I don't
1: know. No, I was trying to remember the robot from the
0: Jetsons. The robot from the Jetsons. Yeah, Rosie. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I have to tell you a story because when I was first married, I love cats. And I was also the musical because if so, we are no longer friends. The sweet little. um,
0: (laughs) Why are we no longer friends? Oh my goodness, cats! Are you kidding me? I've never seen it. Oh, don't.
2: Okay, come on. You have to see. You (laughs) no, no. no. Okay, let me
1: finish my story.
2: It's like you have (laughs) to see Napoleon (laughs) Dynamite. It's bad, but you have to see it. Okay, all All right, right, go ahead.
1: Uh, Anyway, I kept going on and on to my husband about how I wanted a kitten, and he was like. You know he's Italian, so if you know Italian men, then you you can you can see this in your mind. He's like, no, we're not getting a cat. They're useless creatures.
0: No, like, we're not getting a cat. Uh, they're well, useless creatures. Well, without the accent. Oh,
2: he doesn't have the accent. What? No hey. comments about Jamie's Italian accent. You attack me for my British one, but everyone's okay with Jamie's Italian. Just saying.
1: Well. Portina. Anyway,
2: Portina, she's Portina, to we, have, we have completely hijacked it. what's
1: up.
0: Okay, did you, did you tell us it. yet what your gift is that is your favorite gift?
1: No, because I was trying to tell a story to get <laughs> Sorry,
0: there. I want to drag it out now. All right, did you get a kitten? Come on.
1: Yeah, so he comes <gasps> home. He comes home. It wasn't Valentine's Day. It was like halfway between Valentine's Day and Easter. Mm-hmm. With this little black ball of Aww. fur. He was and
0: gave him to me even though he hates cats. So it was the so, stuff he cleaned out of the hairbrush or was it actually a kitten? No, you it was that a little kitten. black ball of fur. Oh. He
1: had gone to buy a lawnmower from somebody and they had kittens and he came home with the kitten and the lawnmower. So Aww. And I had him for 15 years and he was the love of my life.
0: Aww. So
1: so now I would really like a bunny. <laughs> And no, you're
0: not getting another bunny. <laughs> no,
1: that's pretty much what he said because I want I don't want just any bunny, I want a giant bunny. Oh, like that's
0: like
1: the size of a dog, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and it has to have lop
0: ears. Well, I've got to say, if so. anybody has proven their ability to care for a rabbit properly, it's you, Tina. So, I mean, I would you are like I would never recommend a rabbit for a pet for anybody, but after witnessing how thoroughly you've researched and how well you take care of Charlie, I don't see why he would hesitate, except for just the fact of like because I mean, it's not like all the work's going to fall on him, which would be my objection right. to getting an animal. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I mean I want him my bunny to be like a dog and like have, pop up on the couch with me while I'm watching TV. So I think that's the part he objects to. Um. Anyway, so that would I. He keeps saying no, and I keep putting these memes on Facebook. I, I think I just put one. It was either last night or this morning. Said what most people want. It had the roses, and then or what men think women want. That's what it was. And it had the dozen red roses, Aww. and then it said what we really want, and it was just like, like a little bunny.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I have to say, um, uh, first of all, Maria Johnson, yes, that is brutal, Jamie. Yes, my Italian accent—I know it was obviously a caricature. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> in case you didn't know, that's not how I would really do an Italian well, one. No. Okay. Uh, all right. Sage Gordon says she just had her dating anniversary 10 days ago. Oh, and they'll just have ordinary <clears throat> supper tonight. That's fine. Um, and then I think that Sage and Mr. Sage are the cutest. Ooh, do you know them in real life? Um and uh, yeah, Robin didn't like my Italian accent either, wow, is all she really could say she's rendered speechless I have to say, oh, the thing about cats okay, get it, get this, what we all need to do you know how like there's those pranks, like Uh, Ask your mom how to microwave a Thanksgiving turkey. What our prank should be tonight is we should all (laughs) rent the movie Cats and tell our husbands, okay, I really want to watch this movie as a Valentine's present to
2: me, and then force them to watch it and just kind of like tape the reacts, right? Okay, um, you the problem get- is, Jamie, your husband's a, a super fan, so he's probably listening right now somewhere.
0: Oh, rats! Yeah, <laughs> and then also, so then you could get Napoleon Dynamite, like Jennifer suggested. It could be a double feature of misery for your husband, and he can just prove how much he loves you by saying, okay, I'll watch the—well, anyway, we like Napoleon Dynamite in our house,
2: so if you want to fight about that, we yeah. can on another episode. We, do. we actually do, too. My parents, <laughs> my husband loves that movie, so that would not be a problem. He'd be like, all right, let's watch Napoleon first, and he'll fall asleep, yes. and then— yeah, so you can fall
0: asleep so. during cats. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I just have awesome. to point out to Robin, I have, I've had the husband for 21 years and I had the cat for 15. Years.
0: Aww.
2: Oh. She wanted to know. If Robin mm-hmm. says that the captain is finishing work on the <laughs> office. That would be a great way <laughs> That's present. so
0: awesome. Yeah. I really like, like those maps, by the way. She showed a picture in the nautical maps, like I could see them kind of on the wall. Yes. I like them.
2: I couldn't figure out a way of, of sharing it. So we had to look at our Facebook page so that people yeah, can share sorry. things to our face. <laughs> yeah. we get, There's some sort of setting where you said that people can f- share to our Facebook page so that we start doing. So that's something I did a long time ago. Okay. We got to read this one and then we can move on. Okay. Oh, well, for a second, I really thought Jamie was going to say microwave a Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, I know food can be different in the U.S. No. and the U.K., but that would be a bit much. Well, it's a special cat that's
0: bred for this purpose. <laughs> they, they call, you know, the white ones out from the group, and then they sell them at Thanksgiving, at the black you know, market. by yeah. the pound, yeah.
2: Oh <laughs> it's about that Whole is, Foods. This is not Korea. <laughs> it's in the Whole Foods in the yeah in the okay section. so All here right. we
0: go let's move on to the oh. topic du jour ding 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 <laughs> in this corner we have christina Catane, the oh, no. challenger
2: <laughs> and in
0: this corner ding 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 we have jennifer tong the champion currently okay oh. so um basically what this is wait a minute so How did she end up the the champion? um i don't know like she logged on first okay so um okay. here's the deal <laughs> <clears throat> we're going to discuss uh, romance, Christian romance. Okay. Because it's interesting that when we all met, we all had obviously very different opinions about, well, maybe it's not so obvious about romance and what romance was. And... I think I should share a story. So well, not can... yet. Cause first oh, I okay. have a game. First I have a game oh. for us. Okay. Oh, what boy. we're going to do is we're going to play spot the Christian romance sentence. So I have uh, taken a book oh, no. from the Internet. It is called um, The Cowboy Secret Baby Sweet Water Ranch. The, the subtitle continues. And it's by <laughs> Jesse Gussman. OK, now this is not an endorsement of the book. This is a book I found on Amazon that said it was a Christian romance. And I just did the look inside and I plucked out three sentences. So you guys are going to tell me which sentence is from the Christian romance novel. OK, so um, <laughs> here we go. Um, the first sentence. Do we have <clears> to buzz in? in? Oh nope. You guys oh. can just uh, tell me what you think. Can okay, I play so, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you nope. could probably. Do you have something to write? Oh, Rhonda, yeah. So if you have a way to write it down real quick, A or B, and then you can show oh. the screen so we can prove that you're not changing your answer. Okay. So here we go. So uh, sentence sentence group number one. <clears throat> a. He caught a glimpse of the skeleton in his closet. B. Some secrets were meant to remain buried forever. A. He caught a glimpse of the skeleton in his closet. B. Some some secrets were meant to remain buried forever. So is the true Christian romance (coughs) novel sentence A or B? Ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh, Jennifer says B and Tina says A. And hold on. The answer is A. Oh, a. Oh. He caught a glimpse oh, of the, the champion going down in his closet. <laughs> okay, here comes the next one. Are you ready? <clears throat> a. He'd be the strong legs and back that carried out all her plans. Or B. His well-developed quads strained against the fabric of his Levi's as he strained to lift the boulder. A or B. Ready?
2: This is what I want it to be, but I'm afraid it's the other one.
0: Three, two, one, go. A. It is A. Very good. good. Yes. Because I, okay, so there we go. And then we have one more. Finally, A, every man became her prisoner when she walked into the room. Or B, she's not lacking companionship and attention. Three, two, no, no, no. Read, one. Again, read again, read okay. again, read again. Every man became her prisoner when she walked into the room. Or she's not lacking companionship and attention. Three, two, one, go.
2: This is the better <clears throat> line.
0: A and B, and the answer is B. B oh. is the answer. So, how did you guys do at home? Um, I will tell you that I I really felt that. Um, uh, Jesse Gussman, who wrote The Cowboy Secret Baby, obviously I felt the better crafted sentences were the ones that were actually Jesse's. And then I made up some that I thought people would assume were typical of a romance novel, right, with the, the quad straining against the Levi's. So, right, so I was intentionally so, trying to
2: fake people out. So that last one, you wrote that first sentence, A? Yes. That's a great sentence. I'm taking it. Oh, thanks. This is a really good son. <laughs> I really like the one about the quads when we leave them. Yeah. No, right. I was nervous. It's, I thought was- I'm um, I'm kind of proud of you, Jamie.
1: That you were-
0: oh, well, thank you.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> well, okay. My husband quads, is in town, so I'm pretty sure quads are your arms. No, that's biceps. <laughs> Quadriceps are your, your front uh thigh muscle. That's your quads. Oh, okay. All right. See, so I don't worry like that. That's
2: so okay. I was a little nervous though because I have read Christian romance and so I was like, hmm Yeah, and then your hams
0: are the muscle attached to your glutes. Anyway, um, okay, so the point is, um, I think a lot of people have misunderstandings about Christian romance, particularly, because the romance genre can be quite, like, I mean, pornographic, let's face it, and I think that a lot of Christians kind of bristle (laughs) reflexively. So, Jennifer, why don't you tell us the story that you wanted to tell us before our little game?
2: Okay, so we were... um when we were first, a very new writing group, my our very first meeting at Rhonda's house, actually, there were six or seven of us that showed up there and she had a big dining room table and we were all sitting around it. Rhonda is sitting at the head, and I'm at the other end. And so there's people on both sides. So we, they wanted, we wanted to introduce ourselves. And so we started up next to Rhonda and worked our way around. So I'm about halfway through the group, right? And one of the, the first, or the second person, and I'm not gonna say who it is, cause I, I, I have a memory, but I'm not sure if it's right. But um, people that I love now, didn't know then, but love them that love, love them now, um, one of them was <clears> talking about what they write, and they say, well, I write lots of different things, but not Christian romance. Like, no. And then the person sitting next to them is like, oh, yeah, no, oh, Christian romance is the worst. What? And they they have a little conversation at the table about how terrible Christian romance is. And then it's my turn to go. <laughs> <laughs> And I just have to say I was sitting to your left. So those two people
1: could not have been me.
2: Uh-huh, this well. is true.
1: You were as you remember that. Because uh, sure? I'm used to
0: I'm popular.
1: I am right. positive. I was sitting on All right, lap.
0: ladies, break it up, break
2: it up. <laughs> I didn't want to, to send you to your corners this early. Anyway. Here's the best part. Is it like I didn't care? Like right. I was inside really laughing. Yes. Because. Um, don't tell. I, don't tell yet. Don't tell yet. No, I just have been faced with this oh. comment many, many times. And like for me, I was just kind of like, har, har, har. And then so it came <laughs> to my turn. And so I just very as sweet as I can be, which is not very sweet. I probably, but I was very sweetly said, well, my name is Jennifer and I write Christian romance <laughs> and I pause. <laughs> It was really great. And then we were on the, we finished we were on the table and it got to Rhonda who was last and Rhonda's like, well, my name's Rhonda and I love Christian romance. Like she also <laughs> went to bat for me. She really the, does too. And she still to this day goes to bat for me on everything. Yeah. She loves everything I write and she's a cheerleader at heart. And I just, so it was just really funny. So, but we're all like super tight now and love each other. And yeah, it was a really great first experience. All right. So, um,
0: yeah. And Maria, just so you know, uh, your comment about like the book, um, it was completely out of context. And if I remember uh, the, the man was talking about how he could help a sweet little old lady with some chores she had around the house or something. It was not about him taking over in a romantic kind of a way because her comment is she knows it was out of context, but she's not comfortable with the line of the guy making decisions for her, which that's interesting because we could talk a lot about Uh, romance tropes and things we like or don't like about uh, genre tropes that we've written. And so that's a topic for a future day. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that comment, Maria. Um, But for right now, what we're going to talk about is, um, First of all, perceptions about Christian romance and how they can be so far from the reality, and also a discussion a little bit about um, changing feelings about Christian romance. Because I know my thoughts have evolved since that first meeting. Tina, what? How did you feel once upon a time? Do you want to state your position first?
1: Um, sure. So I have I have to differentiate Christian romance from other romance that I've read and well written romance. Christian romance from badly written hmm. Christian romance because we've all read badly written romance in general.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: Heart remember as
2: the breathbone. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: I remember as
1: a fifteen-year-old, my dad um, got me a short story writing correspondence course, and they assign you a mentor. And my mentor was a romance author for a, um, a publishing house that mass-produced very short little romance Romances. books. You probably mm-hmm. all know who I'm talking about. I, I'm hesitant to say their name. Yeah, um, but she criticized whether my story was marketable or not. And I was like, well, who are you? You write for this these people. like So who are you to tell me that my book's not marketable? So I, I do admit to having some prejudice What is
0: it about that? Like what specifically just, I mean, because I will say that for me, I don't like how intimacy is cheapened. Um, A lot of times in what is now currently coined romance, I find that it's more or less just like hookup culture in a lot of the stories. And Mm -hmm. that's passed off as a romance novel. And I feel like there's a whole lot of romance that can happen without any clothing coming off. And it's really it kind of can really gross me out sometimes. Even the look inside on the first page can be like wham in your face with like graphic kind of adult content, you know, and in my mind, a romance, if you said you were reading romance, in my mind, you were saying that you were reading pornography, but you were disguising it under the word romance. That was the perception that I had. And so in my mind, I could not uh, take the term Christian romance and have it make any sense to me, because it was on par to me of saying Christian pornography. So I think that a lot of people maybe have that hang up, and so that was the position that I entered the writing group with. And then Jennifer has since talked to me about it. Tina, had you do you think that you fully stated your position or do you well, have more to say?
1: Um, I was just going to say um, my whole prejudice against it back then was from a literary point of view, mm-hmm. because I was a bookworm and I had been reading things like Tolstoy and Tolkien and Mitchner and Jack London, and then to come to open up one of these little tropey little things where you just, you know, switch out the character names and some facts about what their profession was in the setting. And you have the same story
0: over and over again. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, The formulaic uh, of it kind of thing. right? Yeah. And
1: and then, so I did, I have read Christian romance in the past and I have really enjoyed it Um, too much. So, so by the time that I got to that writing group that day, I had come to a personal conviction that I am not supposed to read Christian romance. A and personal
0: her, conviction. A
1: personal conviction.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: I was using it. I always like to liken it to adultery and idolatry. For me, now I'm not saying this for anybody but me. Because when I read a book, I get so involved in the character um, that it was reading Christian romance was making me unhappy with what with reality and it was and i was comparing my husband to these men in the books and so that's why i likened it to adultery but it was even deeper than that because in a romance oftentimes you have a male character who sees a female character and sees all their flaws and loves them anyway and god just said to me like who is it in reality that sees you thoroughly and completely and perfectly and sees all your flaws and loves you anyway. And he said, that's me. And so you need to get whatever it is that, cause I was using those books to fulfill that need in my life to have somebody see me and accept me for who I was. And so this is a personal conviction that was just for me. So I'm not saying that anything against Christian
0: moment. I appreciate that because I feel like, you know, we all have uh, things that might be lawful, but not expedient right in our lives. And so we have to be careful to be mindful of that. So we've spent enough time kind of on the uh, case against, so to speak. Um, Maria Johnson was saying, not that I've read erotic novels, but I imagine that Possibly it could be written more well. So novels that don't feature erotica might not have as good of writing. Okay. So yeah, so the so I mean, I guess kind of like if you're kind of like avoiding swearing can sometimes make you have stilted dialogue with your characters, right? like land sakes Millie you know gangsters wouldn't say land sakes Millie right like gangsters might say something a little stronger so I guess the argument could be that erotica quote-unquote needs to be included but I would kind of say um I I think that that's probably like the mainstream people will be looking maybe for a love scene I don't know but I wouldn't say quality of writing would suffer what do you ladies think
2: no, I just think that if, if you're a good writer, you can write without it. I mean, for centuries, good writers have written all types of genres that are considered classics now without having swear words in them and without having um, anything erotica, like, in erotic it. or explicit mm-hmm. like that.
0: And so, would you say, Jennifer, that Christian romance is going to be free of those things?
2: Mm, like so, I mean, so I, now
0: it's time for you to make your case. I guess is what I'm saying.
2: Okay, so are there rogue Christian novels out there that should not rogue. be labeled? should not be labeled Christian. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So as
2: a consumer in all things, you need to be diligent in what you are buying and what are you, what you are reading. Um, That's why I get kind of ticked when I see all um, some other authors, independently published authors, um, promoting other people just because they are promoting, they'll promote them. So I'll promote you and they haven't really read their work. So I, I I refuse to do that. So if you're on my newsletter um, list, I am never going to, Promote a book or suggest a book that I would not read to my children. That I would not Very read to my children in the room. That's so, good to know. Um, yeah. just
0: real quick, let's clarify. Maria just meant you don't have to have erotica to have good writing. So basically, supporting your point entirely, Jen. Yes. So yes. sorry, Maria, I misunderstood you. Yeah. Okay, so agree. Jennifer, please say what you said to me that totally rocked my world and changed my mind about Christian romance.
2: This was quite a while ago, too. We had this conversation. We were um, so, Jamie. I don't remember how, what conversation we're having, but I, what I said to you is I shared with you that growing up, my grandmother who was a pastor's wife is the one that started me reading Christian romance. And she bought me my first Jeanette Oak book. And um, I fell in love with it. And at that time in my life, I started at 12 and as a 12 year old and growing up through my teen years, when the rest of the world was telling me that it's okay to have sex before marriage, When the rest of the world was telling me that this is how you fall in love nowadays um, is you um, take off your clothes, take off your clothes or you let boys kiss you or Mm -hmm. whatever was happening to 12 year olds, 13, 14, all the way to 18. What the people around me were doing and what the world was telling me was fine. I was able to see a in a Christian book. I was able to see God's love the way he intended it. I was able to see characters real or not, because when we write, we know that some reality kind of flows into our writing. But I was able to see characters that were able to fall in love in a way that also glorified God. And I knew in my heart that that's what I wanted. I knew that it was possible. It wasn't just the Bible wasn't just this old antiquated um, book. It was a guideline for us and that I the Christian romance helped me to see the Bible in a physical form that I could relate to. And that I could see that this could be my life as well.
0: And And I just that struck me so strongly as a mother of girls. And especially as a woman who has, um, like, maybe not always acted in a way that you know, a standard that you would have now. And you know, all the heartache and pain that you could save yourself if you would have had that sort of a guideline growing up. And I think that's why it made such an impression on me, because I had never thought of them as able to serve any purpose but evil. And so for a Christian romance to have such a godly influence on your life and to really help you uh, maintain your purity and your commitment to God's best for you, really, Mm -hmm. it was just just enlightening to me beyond. And suddenly I became a huge fan of Christian romance because it gives girls, little girls who want an escape, who really aren't into like, you know, the Harry Potter thing would, would have something safe that they could read and enjoy that was going to model God's best for them.
2: And there are studies that show that young girls ages of 12, 13, 14, that that's the age when you see these girls get really into boy bands they get, yeah. they really get into like young actors and things like that because it is a psychological thing that that young girls do that they start to imagine what it would be like to be in love. They're not old enough yeah. to be in love. The emotion the the hormones are kind of starting to come in there, but really it's more about the the love of it. And to feed our girls like something that is Christ like to me that is like, and I don't write books for young children. I write books for women, but I read books at that age for them because that's what I wanted. I wanted to dream about the future. And so, um, so I think that, that that it does do that. It also is entertaining. And I, I see um, Tina's point. And if that is something that someone struggles with, then yes. And then romance is probably not what you should be reading. But if it is not something that you um, struggle with, then reading these, these stories that encourage love, um, in, God's way. Way, in God's way, I think yeah. is a really great form of entertainment for a person. But I also think too, that there's also like, even in my own writing, I, like, I think there are also shortcomings sometimes in Christian um, writing. Like, I love Karen Kingsbury, because some of her book, a lot of her books deal with love, not just new love. Love within marriage, abiding love. love. Yes, and that's something I want to eventually kind of. Once, if God will give me a, you know, He's given me that. That remember that older character that I keep those older characters that I keep. Writing yeah, with yeah. My short friends I love them. So someday I think that God is going to open that door, and I'm going to be able to write some um, abiding love romance because romance doesn't end when you say I do. So I'm hoping to do that too. But I think that where I'm at right now, I'm really loving it, and I feel like this is what God has called me to do because it was so influential on me as a young woman that i want to do that for other young women as well as the fact that i just love it i really enjoy reading it i really get excited to read a good story that about two people that love god and fall in love with each other it's just yeah great. that's very I'd,
1: sweet i'd really like to um go back to the the point about um how reading these can help you spiritually sure to see god's plan because um, even though I don't read Christian romance, it was about six years ago, maybe, or maybe five. I was doing a women's Bible study from the book of Hosea. And I actually had all the women in my Bible study by Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers and read it alongside um, the Bible study into Hosea because it brought to life in a real way that you could connect to what was happening in the Bible, that which can sometimes be confusing. You know, it has kind of weird language sometimes and it's harder to connect to that. Um, And so and she did such an awesome job
0: in that
1: book of driving home that spiritual truth that was found in the Bible.
0: Well, and it's uh, very, very, very good, Tina, that you brought that up, because I'm feeling like we're kind of coming to a close of our topic today. But I think it's a really super good reminder that God is the origin of all love. And the marriage picture is a picture of the body of Christ and the, the reunion that will happen someday in the gathering together of his people to himself. And all of those kinds of beautiful things are pictured in the picture of marriage. And so if if we can glorify God with our Christian romance, then All power to it. Like, so I think that that's really the takeaway is, you know, you want your words to honor Christ and you want to be putting out work that you believe glorifies God. So can we maybe all just agree on that, right? Like, I mean, that's something we can all agree on. And um, great. So uh, I think we can move on. The chat looks like it's really on fire, guys. We really appreciate all your participation and we're sorry that we can't uh, read all of the comments, but we do appreciate that you're all here and listening. Did you see anything, Jen, that you needed to pull out there or... Uh just kind of general chatter. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: they're having a great conversation. They there. are. If you're listening to this podcast, you might want to head over to YouTube and just read through the comments. There's some really great comments. We don't have, I don't think, time to go through all of them, but we appreciate our, our faithfuls for coming in and, and chatting it up. So one so more fun. thing I wanted to say, if you're, if you're looking for, if you'd like to read a romance that is um, abiding love, um, if especially if you're struggling in your marriage and you're just looking for some hope. Karen Kingsbury, I cannot say enough. Um, I would say start with her uh, A Time to Dance. It's um, it's not part of her larger series that she writes, but it is about a couple that is struggling in their marriage. There's two books, really, really good. Like it's very encouraging. And I think that it's kind of eye opening too, because I think that um, everyone has struggles in their marriage. So
0: Well, and if you want to read some really uh, fun Christian romance, I recommend Jennifer Carl Tom's series. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like, we should plug you since we are talking about Christian romance. Um, Really great messages in these books and um, characters that you'll fall in love with. Jennifer, why don't you tell us the two series names and the upcoming next title?
2: Yeah, they're actually behind me. They're behind you, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
2: My first book is Searching for Anna. Available now. You can also get it for free if you go to my website, jennifercarltong.com and sign up for my newsletter. You can get the free ebook. It's so um, worth more than free, by the no. way. And then the <laughs> second the second book is um avoiding Esther, which is my most my, the latest book. And um a calling for Phoebe is coming soon. So Oh, I love that you. story. I love that story. Oh, yeah. I love I, it's
0: title. Yeah, it's a great title. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's and very- I, I'm If you like history, there's a Michigan history in there, too. Yes. Really
0: fascinating. What is Sarah's story? I'm sorry. Sarah is the one
2: I'm really looking forward to. What's her name? What's the name of that book? um, Do you know? Not yet. No, no. The working title right now is... um, Redeeming. Redeem. I don't want to do redeeming because I don't want to get confused with redeeming love. Um, Um, Forgiving Sarah Sarah or... um, I had a word. I can't remember. It's written down somewhere, but so that's the fourth book. And so I've kind of really shelved that until I can get Phoebe good and going and it ready to go. And then honestly Sarah's pretty much done just needs Uh me to polish it and send it off the editor, but it has to wait because Phoebe comes next
0: and completely safe for you guys to share with, uh, any young woman in your life who you would like to see godly, uh, romance modeled for.
2: Okay. So thank you. Yeah,
0: Moving on, we're going to do our feeding of the backs, the what? Well, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but we talk about feedback and giving lots of positive feedback because we are going to do, um, We did already, excuse me, a 15-minute word sprint. Now, as much as I'm happy with our little chitty chatters, I'm also a little disappointed in them because none of them did their homework, really. I don't recall (laughs) even one person tagging us in their 15-minute word sprint last week. Do you ladies recall anybody
2: tagging us? I do not okay. recall that.
0: And we have a really fun prompt this week that's called blind date. I mean, it's completely open ended. It can be whatever you want. Just take 15 minutes and scribble something off, and then tag us in it. You don't even have to edit it. We didn't edit ours, okay? Um, and so that's why we give only positive feedback during uh, the feeding of the backs. And uh, in my traditional way, when I am hosting, Jennifer
2: goes first. So Jennifer, tell us the prompt, and please share your little story with us. As Jamie said, the prompt. This week was blind date, and that was it. And I did not pick it. I did not pick this topic, and I did nope. not pick this this sprint topic. But loving it nonetheless. So, <laughs> here's mine. <clears throat> no, come on, Liz. Just do me this do me this favor. No way. I have never been on a blind date in my life, and I'm not about to begin today on Valentine's Day, no less. But he's such a great guy. No, and he's really smart. No, and he has the most beautiful chocolate brown eyes. Elizabeth rolled her eyes so hard she, she was certain she could see the barista working behind her eyes like Leah in the Bible. Just focus on the only good attribute the person has and maybe you won't notice the rest of them is as homely as dirt. Oh, no. Not interested, Liz said. Why not, Mandy asked. He's got a great job. Well, he just switched jobs, I think. I'm not sure what you'd call it. No. And he owns his own house. Unlike the Last three dates she'd gone on, Liz mused. She swore she met one more guy in his 30s, still living at home with his parents. She was going to scream. Listen, Mandy, there isn't anything you can say that will convince me to go on a blind date with your obviously desperate, out of work, homely as sin friend from college. Mandy bit her bottom lip and looked sheepishly at her. What if I told you he was already here? (gasps) Dread filled Liz as she watched her friend's eyes lift from her to settle somewhere over Liz's head. She sat frozen in her friends as her friend's lips straightened into a stiff smile and slid out of the booth. I'll just let the two of you get acquainted. (laughs) I'm laughing at my own writing. Liz refused to turn and look at the man who had no doubt heard every word of her last sentence. Every word, every insult hung like molasses in the air of the tiny diner.
0: Nice. Hung like
2: molasses. Sorry, go ahead. She felt more... Then saw Mandy hug the man to her right, then slip away, leaving Liz to face the consequences of her own words. She stared at her half-empty cup of mediocre coffee as Nick slid into the booth where Mandy had just sat. As angry as she was with Liz, she never meant to hurt this man's feelings. Stranger or not, she'd never should never have called him all those things. She took a deep breath. I'm so sorry, but her words stuck in her mouth when her gaze landed on the man sitting across from her. Oh, barking. I knew it. He's a hunk, right? <laughs> Duh. Dark, unruly brown hair. Three, two, Ooh. one. You don't even get yeah, to hear no, no, anymore. No,
0: come on, no. Just dark, unruly brown hair. That's not
2: enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to get to the straining Levi's. <laughs> no. Oh, that just sounds terrible, Jamie. I know you were talking about his thighs, but oh, when you read that, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, gosh. man. Oh, that was so
0: good. Jennifer, see, I I just can't help but notice just how your writing has just become so like, like, it's totally your voice. But just like you've grown up somehow, I don't even know how to explain it. Like you have these really cool ways of peppering in description that doesn't feel overly descriptive like you talked about the mediocre coffee and you would think calling coffee mediocre does nothing but just in the way that you use the phrase it said so much because of the way that it was kind of thrown in there do you it know what I tells you about the diner and everything right yeah, and yeah. car, so. you know exactly where she is just because you called that coffee mediocre for example and then the hung like molasses in the air all of that was just perfect amounts of description, which normally, you know, I hate description. So right. I loved it, loved it. Thank you. So-
1: I was really expecting you it to be somebody she knew.
2: Mm.
0: Maybe
1: when you when know. she's when you said that,
2: so. Yeah, I wasn't sure as I was writing it. Like Even as I'm Mm -hmm. writing it, I'm like, because if this isn't part of a story, then maybe before this happened, they would have ran into each other and gotten into an argument. Who knows? Like her long
1: lost love when she was a teenager.
0: That's what's so fun about a sprint, right? And if the timer wouldn't have gone off, you would have gotten to give yourself a nice surprise today, right? Of Just discovering who these people
2: are and what their story is. And And it's proof that we actually do this as a sprint. Like I mentioned a barista and then I call it a diner. So yeah. like I would go back and edit that. I I like the diner idea better because she's not expecting it to be a date because they're just at this crappy diner. Um, so there wouldn't be a barista there, and it wouldn't be mediocre coffee if you had a barista. It would just be like you know, right? Right. Well, and I think
0: show. so fun how when we're listening for to give positive feedback, we overlook so much because do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't think that that even crossed my mind that there was a a, a little whatever glitch. And,
2: and when I was writing it, it didn't cross my mind until I read it the second time that I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got so caught up in the story I forgot I was supposed to be looking for a positive.
0: Right. Aww. Yeah. Like
2: I just enjoyed the
1: story and I'm just really excited to find out like why she was shocked when she opened her when she looked at the guy. Well,
2: thanks ladies. All I right. appreciate that. Okay. All
0: right, Jamie, are you so, gonna go next? Yeah, I'll go next. That way it's not too much of me talkie talky in a row. Here is my take on blind date. <clears throat> Marlene spun her half-empty mug in the puddle it had created on the bar and huffed a strand of bangs out of her left eye. She was frustrated, not because of the lack of available coasters in her hometown's lame-o excuse for a bar or even a beverage napkin, for heaven's sake, and not because the blind date her mother had set her up on hadn't worked out. No, she was frustrated with herself, for expecting any other outcome. After all, she was pushing 30. Everyone knew the quality of men, the quality men were all snatched up by age 25. So why should it surprise her that the man her mother was certain would make all of her dreams come true was a 37 year old model train enthusiast with a gigantic stamp collection and a case of chronic halitosis? <laughs> If only life were more like the movies, she mused. Where is my knight in shining armor come to whisk me away from this town, this life? This seat taken? The voice was as smooth as the black and tan she was nursing, like the sound of summer thunder rolling through her bones. She did not have to turn around to know she would feel an instant attraction to the owner of that voice. It is now, I suppose she said. And to delay the gratification of meeting the owner of that voice, she focused on her purse, fishing around inside as though she'd misplaced something important. When she came up for air, she brandished a tube of love that red in a pocket mirror. Her mother would have scolded her for reapplying at the counter. And that was exactly why Marlene did so as often as she could. Of course, the pocket mirror expanded her peripheral vision to the degree that she could surreptitiously get a gander of the man who had brought her back to life with those three little words. But before she could see him, she saw her. Turns out the Marlboro man wasn't drinking alone. She wore cowgirl boots and a frilly skirt, complete with a rhinestone belt and a too tight for wearing outside the house baby doll T-shirt. Marlene rolled her eyes, snapped the compact clothes, and tossed her mirror and lipstick back into her bag. What should I order? This voice also went directly to Marlene's bones. Three, two, one. Oh.
2: I hate that girl already. (laughs) Yes.
0: The one in the mirror. The the other
2: girl, whatever. The frilly, frilly girl. In the too tight baby (laughs) doll shirt. Yeah. the annoying voice. We've all been there. Right. Okay. So many great words. So many great like vision, like the spinning the, the mug mm. on the counter. In, and then you said, I think in the pool of water, mm. I knew that it wasn't coffee. I knew exactly what she was drinking. I knew where she was. Boom. Like that is such good writing. The fact that you don't have to say she sat in a barb a lot. You mentioned you give more details later, but right then instantly, if there is Liquid pooled underneath a mug, then it's something cold to drink. And if it's a mug, it's probably beer. So, thanks. Very well done with that. I love that. And I, I didn't love...
1: even have to know what a black and tan is to like, be right. Because exactly. I, I honestly I don't know what it is. And I've never had one, so. but I was still pulled into the story, right? It's still
2: added to the feel. Thank you. And, and then the fact that she's going to put lipstick on at the counter because her mom would tell her not to shows us so much about the character without you having to give us any sort of backstory. We just.
0: Yeah. And the mom, but the thing is it should have said bar much like you, that would have been fixed in editing. Right. Right. So uh, it says counter now, but because originally she was drinking counter coffee in a diner counter, whatever, Uh but I wanted it to be a mug of beer. At first I had her peeling a label off a long neck, but then his voice had to be smooth as something. And Budweiser is not smooth. So, well, mm-hmm. if you argue with me, take it up with Budweiser. But anyway,
2: um, <laughs> so that's why it was a black I wouldn't know. Sage says, yep, frilly baby doll is not on my like <laughs> list. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> awesome. Great. Oh, love we that. love her with the love of Christ, though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her. She's not real, so I cannot <laughs> like her. I could totally not like well, her.
0: Come on. It could totally be his sister or his niece or his cousin. Are you you guys be- are being really harsh. She are you gonna could be like a story? rodeo
1: person and he's her
2: manager. Maybe. That's a good point, Tina. I mean,
0: he's like a right
2: yeah. She could be like a country music star and he could be like the manager too. That's a so whole other Her bodyguard. Ride. Ooh, ooh. Mm. Are you sure you don't write romance? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote one today. Yeah, I want to oh, hear no. it. Yeah, we have to
0: move on. Okay, so let's okay. hear Tina's now. So this prompt again is blind date. Go Tina. Okay. Suzanne did her best to
1: swallow the lump in her throat and took a deep breath to calm the churning in her stomach. This shouldn't be a big deal. She'd been talking to Oscar on the phone for two weeks now, and they had clicked from the first hello. Who knew that chemistry could travel through the phone lines like that? His deep, rich voice made her heart melt. He was so genuine, kind, and eloquent. Suzanne sighed. It wasn't him who was the problem, though, was it? She'd done everything in her power to always steer their conversations away from the topic of physical appearance. Sure, she'd used the words full-figured in her ad, but had but been very vague uh, vague on exactly what that meant. As Suzanne exited her car, she pulled her tunic into place, being sure it hid that little roll of fat that rested on her hips. She looked in the rearview mirror. Her makeup was the best it was going to get, and if she held her head just right, he might not notice her double chin. She made her way into the restaurant on wobbly knees, searching the tables for a man with dark hair and a wine-red shirt he'd promised to be wearing. Spotting him, she gestured to the hospitality person at the little podium, and made her way over to the table. His back was to her. Good, he wouldn't be able to have the length of the dining room to observe her many flaws. She could scoot into her chair with the table hiding the worst of them and hopefully win him over with her winning smile and personality. The room took on a strange watery aura as she walked making her think of swimming in a fishbowl. Oscar, she asked, while expertly sitting down and pulling her chair into the table in one fluid motion. Suzanne, replied that amazing voice she'd grown to love over the phone. Oscar smiled and removed dark sun, the dark sunglasses he was wearing. She'd imagined this moment so many times, gazing into his eyes for the very first time. Would sparks fly and eternity begin, she looked up and met his eyes. They were possibly blue, or did they just look that way because of the white film that covered them? It's so nice to finally be face to face, said Oscar holding his hand out to her. Yes, Suzanne scammered, not quite over the shock of the moment. She reached out and placed her hand into his. Electricity jolted through her right down to her toes. Well, hello, Eternity.
0: Yeah! And publish oh. that you have yes. to submit that somewhere. You must, you oh must, you must. Can you see the goosebumps? Can you see them? No, I seriously. got them, too. Like Can big, huge oh. goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, God. And Tina, funny. I know you're working on feelings. The whole idea of the watery Uh fishbowl, the whole tiny podium, because when you point out something that's tiny as a person navigating the world in a large body, things that are small stand out to you. Like, I remember going to someone's house. I'm like, these are all hobbits living in their tiny little house, their tiny little furniture. I swore I was going to break everything I sat on. And you just notice that stuff if you're maneuvering through the world in a large body. And I just love that she gets her happy ending. I mean, that is a romance. I love, love, loved loved every part of that. Loved it.
2: The best part about it is, is that it gave us all the feels and you did not at a single time address her emotions. You never mentioned them. You never pointed them out. You just showed us. You showed it what she was doing, what she was seeing, and and that whole thing. And that is good writing. Yes. When you read something that someone writes, and they say she felt butterflies in her stomach. That's not good writing. You show us that she is in a watery fishbowl because she feels like everyone's looking at her without saying she feels yes. that way. Yes. Show us that. Great. So good that was so, so good. good probably my favorite thing maybe you've ever written this and then the the onion person buying stuff in india the yeah, food yeah like, yeah you mm-hmm. are probably my favorite things that you've ever written on the show and i Agreed. just love it agree they says that was fantastic yeah, yeah. Agreed. i've been and how
1: on So, like showing emotion in my writing
0: that was perfect so Ugh, i so thought good. i would
1: just continue
0: and I'm really glad that I didn't make my guy blind because I almost did, but I, did I wouldn't too. have handled it. So I wouldn't have see, Tina handled it so great because I, I didn't want to feel like it's a joke. Like I didn't yeah. want to make a joke of someone being blind and she, I mean, she is so wonderful. Oh, so wonderful. I just love that. I agree. Everything about it. Yeah. Tina, you really should edit it and sub it around. And if it doesn't get accepted the first place, keep subbing it. Cause it's, it's very, very publishable. I would say Thank so you. good job. All right. So now sadly, Wah, wah, wah. Sad horns. It's time for Accountability Corner. Oh, we're doing that this week? Yes, I know. Rhonda has been collecting seashells on the beach, but we're going to assume that she also just works so hard. Where's Rhonda? How did you do, Rhonda? Did you work while you are on vacation?
2: I did a little bit of work. (laughs) A little bit.
0: Did you collect some new seashells,
2: Rhonda? (laughs) Yes, she's nodding. Yes, I did. (laughs) My accountability for next week is I am going to finish my nonfiction. I'm just kidding. I don't Aww, know where she's going. Yeah. But. Well, I guess her copy for next week, she'll be here physically instead of a sign on a stick. I will be here physically. I will go <laughs> to office hours, and I will not tease Jen about one single thing. Oh, <laughs> oh she's there it. in the chat. you <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> hug. the big lots of you. She, oh, <laughs> she said, oh, we just landed. And I heard the last seconds of Tina's. I'll have to replay them here, Mal. Did you hear, Tina? Did you really get Tina to write a romance? Yes, and then she said, "Oh,
0: yes, yes, yes. Tina actually wrote a really good romance. Like she slayed yes. today, honestly. So great." Yep. So, um, uh, Tina, what's your accountability for this week? What, how, what um, did you promise last week? How did you do? What's up for next week?
1: I honestly I don't remember what I promised last week, but I have been working on. Uh, I got some stuff back from my editor. My phone's pointing the wrong direction, um, <laughs> and I, ha- I have a little bit of work to do um, on the on the emotion. Yeah, uh, I need to insert some emotion in some key areas, um, and which is difficult for me. I I uh, t- in real life I tend to suppress
0: emotion. Yeah, we were talking about
1: and possibly
0: so doing an episode about that eventually, right? Yeah, and so I my character was suppressing her emotion,
1: but the reader needs to know her m- emotions. So. I'm working on that. And so that's kind of where this sprint came from because I've been doing some exercises to try to get in touch with that.
0: Boy, is it working?
1: Um, And I I really hesitate to um, say what I'm going to be, where I'm going to be next week. I'm just going to, when I can work, I'm going to work on continuing what I was doing. I have some health stuff going on. I had an ultrasound yesterday and I have to go back to the doctor on Monday. So I really don't know what next week looks like.
0: So Tina, you need like I'm a, a bi week, right? Oh yeah, Tina. Yeah. You had ultrasound. T- are you pregnant? Yeah. Do you know the <laughs> no, gender? You can have a reveal cake. And it was negative. They, they did. A, I was cracking up
1: when I looked at the lab slip and they were going to do a pregnancy test. Yes, because your
0: you. your troubles were of a certain nature that made you fairly confident this was not a situation of pregnancy. Right. <laughs> Let's be done. Not doctor. only that, yes. I had
1: my tubes tied sixteen years ago. Oh yes. Mm-hmm.
0: The nature of my
1: um, health condition precludes any kind yes. of um, romance. Yes, and God life. already did the
0: miracle baby thing <laughs> once, and He's oh not a do-over God. kind of a guy. So I don't think that that's in the cards for you. Wonderful. No. Okay, anyway. so um, we're going to give you a buy this week, then Tina. If you show up on Friday and all you did was stay healthy, we're just going to say good enough, right? Because I mean Thank that's you. what you need. Um, Jennifer is
2: making a face. Like- I'm very happy that she gets a buy, but I was going to ask for a buy because. <laughs> My girls that I have one child that's homeschooled, but the other two are still in public school and they have all next week off. And we've already had this whole list of things they want to do. And some of it includes like my daughter's homeschooling. We are doing this um, new curriculum that is called uh, gather round.
0: Mm -hmm. And what it
2: is, is that, um, it's units and then you sit with all your children Mm -hmm. and then they have like, you do the same unit, but then they go off, and they do things on their level. Nice. So um, my, two of my friends who also homeschool their children are doing the same curriculum. So we've kind of scheduled some field trips. And one of them is we're going to go to, we're studying Germany soon and we're going to go to Frankenmuth. Nice. Rolling. And And has Strudel. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we are just killing the accent today. It's the accent episode.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well i'm killing my midwest housewife accent. Oh, I, like, right, well
0: <laughs> jennifer i would give you a bye week except i feel like you are capable completely capable of doing some okay yeah. so how about a tiny goal how about a tiny goal
2: how about if if uh, my concern is office hours yeah and like, I, my kids are only little ones and they are very excited to be home this next week. So I don't foresee myself showing to office hours. So I'm going to say that straight up. Um, but yes, um, I, w- how about if I can get through chapter 16 next week? Great. Because I, I, I am like finishing up 15 because it was a total rewrite. Actually, it was a new, a totally new chapter. And then 16, if I can finish through that, then I'll feel pretty good because then I will be exactly halfway through the book. How's that? That, that sounds great. Still moving. I'm forward. sorry,
0: I got a little bit distracted by the chat because um, who is it in the chat? Uh, Sage said she's had a hysterectomy and her general practitioner still asks her if there's any chance she's pregnant. That takes the cake, I have to say. Right? Oh my goodness. Um. So Barb has written nine thousand words on her. Nan, not. Yay, Barb. She's saying only okay. like 9,000 words is right. nothing. Good job, Barb. Robin says she finished her outline thingy she was working on. She needs to review it and send it to her editor. Good for you, Robin. That'll be a fun day. You're going to have something checked off your list. Right. um do we do we miss any other accountabilities here um, um so didn't actually no she here, did so not she must
2: be going with the one that, that uh-huh. this had, so I'm <laughs> she's really being awfully forward. quiet over there it's like crickets she's trying to get her luggage off the carousel thing yeah, never a break right okay mm-hmm. it's also important to take breaks and spend time sure is sure is. so you know, yeah I- we
0: won't We won't count on you at office hours, Jen. We know how you are. You'll work when you have uh, fits and starts there, when your girls are working quietly together or whatever. Um, I'll do my accountability. I had wanted to be finished with Tina's edits by today. I am not, but I am in chapter 14 and there are only 15 chapters. So I did make progress. But again, (laughs) well, my husband is in town Mm -hmm. and it's strange because I have like two lives. I have husband is not home life. And then I have husband is around life. And I love both of my life. But what's really funny is um, I told my husband like, you know, when you're home, that's like my Christmas. So like, when my husband is home, it is the holidays here. We don't make too big of a deal about like Valentine's day or even we don't even make a big deal about Christmas, but daddy's home and it's like, woohoo, we are on vacation on holiday, like whatever you would say, that's the feeling all the time. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I've been a little bit of a slacker. I could have done more. I could have done more, but I've been keeping up with my blog. I've been having a whole lot of fun, just creating a lot of word art and, um, So I'm really happy with the progress I made this week, in spite of the fact I did not meet my goals. But I would like to be finished with Tina's edits by next week, Friday, by next week's podcast. That's my like I'm committed. I mean, it's only one and a half chapters. Come
2: on. So I'm committed. You can do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So a couple uh, more people yeah. in the chat. Sage says I've done I've have done almost no writing the last two weeks because I've been uh, overtime at work. But this week I will finish Bloom Draft 2. You can do it, do it,
0: Sage. You will do it if you say you will. I believe you. Right.
2: Uh, Robin says my goal is to get the craft room filled <sighs> with all the things that are currently scared elsewhere. In the house. Oh, jealous okay. of a fun goal. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. So some people might say, Well, that's not a writing goal. I yes, cannot is. write if some things like are like sitting over here Correct. and not done. And right. Jamie did have a great accountability. Just two of us were in office hours at one point. And she really called me to the carpet on resting and finding rest and not stressing out about stuff. So, But I really do appreciate that. But, yeah. Hey, I think I was there, actually.
0: And there's no, also
2: the – we, I was in tears. So if you would, you would remember if you were there. So. There's a
0: lot to be said with just being able to find your tools. Like my husband goes yes. crazy when his garage isn't organized because you need a tool. You need to know where to go to get it. So your stuff has to be in a, in an organized fashion sometimes to even be productive. So good for you, Maria. Robin.
2: Maria is going to try to do a, bit, do a bit more editing this week. And she says Sage is, and I will record the first four podcasts. What is episodes. this? I don't know are what that you,
0: is. A are podcast? you doing your own podcast? Oh, Stage do you need in- some guest host, some guest host, or some guests to just be on there yakadakin? I can talk <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. Um, okay, just kidding. But <laughs> anyway, no time, fun stuff going on with everybody. Yeah. Um, I saw someone say that they're going to try to do something. I would just like to remind you that there is no try. Commit that you will do it, and then if you don't, you will be farther ahead than you were uh, before, even if you don't make your goal, so just commit. Um, Also, uh, yay everyone for all the progress that you've made so far, because I mean, I don't think we take enough time to really say, wow, look at what we've accomplished Mm -hmm. so far. I mean, well, it's already February 14th, but um, any progress you've made so far this year, you are farther along in your journey than you were January 1st. So you should all be very proud of yourselves. Hooray you, yay you. Okay, and I guess that's all, unless there's anything anybody needs to add.
2: Happy Valentine's
0: Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's (laughs) Day. Yeah, however you celebrate or don't, uh, happy to, yes, and go get some clearance chocolate tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I recommend the tuxedo muffins
0: at Big B coffee. Tuxedo muffin? I don't have Big B coffee. Stop. Uh, well, I guess you have to like get your paybacks since I have 69 in sunshine and you guys mm-hmm. have zero degrees in gray sky. You can have your Big B tuxedo muffin. I'll let you cheer yourself up <laughs> as you're shivering eating it. <laughs> All right. So um on that mean note, um, I guess I will sign off. So until next week, that concludes this episode of the Christianity Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific, may your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye. Bye. Bye.